It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products and organic remedies, Smoky Mountain Organics. You can check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Visit one of their four locations in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and of course the location in Knoxville just across from Trader Joe's on Kingston Pike. That is Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's number one trusted health and wellness store. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Plenty to get to on this podcast. We'll start with a little bit of football um, Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. Guys, when you look at this and you look at what the SEC did, it looks like they said teams with the – they just – they slotted everybody based on team record is what it appears like they've done. Fair or not fair? I think that's fair. Um, certainly looks that way anyways, Brent. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, there'll be plenty of fans that are excited that, you know, they're in Nashville. There'll be some that's disappointed. They wanted to go take their, uh, you know – kind of Christmas vacation and go to Florida, but kind of is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think – I mean, Nashville might be ahead of the Tax Slayer Bowl. That's always a debate on how that game is slotted, Rob, when, when you look at it. Uh, but I, I think the intrigue and the excitement from Arkansas's fan base was enough for the Outback Bowl to say, hey, we'll take the team with a better record by one game whose fan base is just as excited that we've never had in our bowl game. And that's why the Outback Bowl ended up with Arkansas over Tennessee, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it does look pretty much like that is went chalk, right, you know, right down the standings and the overall record. And if I'm Tennessee, I'm happy. I mean, you're going to, I think you're going to have a really strong showing in Nashville, despite some, looks like some price gouging going on with the tickets early on. And, but, you know, I, I get AP's point too. I mean, if you're, I can see where some fans probably were to go and get a little Florida sunshine, but I, I think Tennessee's going to have a really strong turnout. Austin, does I mean, how much does Tennessee and Heupel and, and this program need to take advantage of a week in Nashville coming off year one, getting ready for year two, when the first few months they were on the job, they obviously couldn't be out and about anywhere. How much, how important is it for Tennessee to take advantage of, of a, an extended period of time in Nashville? And not, not in terms of going to seeing kids, because you can't, but I mean, people of influence, former players, those types of things. How important do you think that is surrounding, obviously, trying to go win a game? I mean, I think it's important, but I think it's probably not as important because Tennessee's going to be back there in the spring. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, if, if Tennessee was going to be back there in the spring, then I think it would be way more important. But you were talking about two times in Nashville in five months, so or four months, four full months. So, you know, for me, like, you know, Tennessee's going to get plenty of time, um, you know, in, in the growing metropolis that is Nashville between now and the end of April. Yeah, certainly, as it looks like Tennessee's going to try to do a full-blown weekend in Nashville, as we mentioned in the war room, possibility of moving that baseball series with Auburn to Nashville for the weekend and just kind of make it a big orange takeover in the mid-state. We'll see if all that plays out and ends up happening that way. Purdue's the matchup. Rob, I know none of us have broken down this matchup. Initial thoughts on Tennessee getting paired up with Purdue. I mean, don't you – I've not studied and to break them down, but, you know, I've watched, as I'm sure you all have, watched parts of some of their games, watched part, part of the Iowa game, uh, part of the Michigan State game. And, I mean, to me, I mean, they, they do some, some things well, but to me it's just 
typical, you know, what you always think about when you think about SEC versus Big Ten. I think Tennessee's going to have a lot more speed than them. And it looks like, Austin, that Tennessee is probably going to have a full roster with the exception of Alante and Cade Mays at, at this point. It doesn't sound like – I mean, I know things can change, but I'm not hearing a ton of vibes on, on guys wanting to opt out or, or looking elsewhere. I think I think Alante, that game being in Nashville, if he were healthy, I think Alante's playing in a bowl game. I think that's clearly the injury situation with his foot. And, and from a health standpoint, I just have a hard time seeing Cade's ankle being ready to go in this bowl game as well. Yeah, I agree. Um but anybody else? Not, not to my knowledge. I mean, I, I guess you never say never um, with, you know, Cade's ankle or, or maybe somebody else coming out of left field. But it, it, there certainly isn't any chatter out there um, uh, right now. And so, um, you know, right now when I look at, you know, Tennessee's team, you know, we talked about this. We had, you know, James, you know, on the podcast. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. We talked about it kind of off the podcast, just like, you know, the camaraderie of this team is really good. Now, maybe that's because, you know, all those NIL deals have kind of been mom and pop type NIL deals and nobody's really got some big deal for somebody to be jealous of. Um, you know, I mean, I just – I don't know. I, I go back and forth with it, Hubs. I just feel like that – you know, it, we would already know more about kids sitting out because right now is that time. You know, they begin bowl practice coming up Saturday. Like, to me, if nobody announces between now and Saturday, everybody's going to intend on playing. Don't you? Because it feels like those Purdue kids, if they don't play, they're probably announcing at some point between now and Saturday. Yeah, and I think they're going to play. I mean, I think that's the vibe out of Purdue is that, that you're going to see both these teams at full strength for an opportunity to to help their stock and, and all of those things. I mean, I just don't think either one of these teams have – enough bona fide, you know, stars that somebody's a surefire this that they can they can set out. So I think everybody's going to play. My biggest surprise, Rob Lewis, about this team, about this Tennessee team at this point, no portal news the last eight, nine days. That's the biggest surprise I, to me. I agree. I mean, just nothing. What just, do you make what do you make of that? I mean, I guess maybe we I mean, didn't we all assume that there were, you know, certain guys that were going to be moving. I mean, I think, again, maybe maybe some kids are waiting to the end of the semester. But, it's, uh, I mean, I don't think that's the case. Because you, if, you're, if you're moving, you want to get your name out there. Well, yeah, you, know, you, you, want, you, you, want to, you want to at least meet a school. And, and you, want you, to start, you want to start talking to coaches and, let, you know, hey, I'm available. I need a prom date. And to me, I mean, I think that says a lot about this staff, the guys that we – I think there were a lot of kids that we assumed were maybe disgruntled because of the lack of playing time. And that does not appear to be the case. What do you make of it, Austin? You know, it's, it's befuddling to me. I mean, like, don't you think like, I mean, like, first of all, we, we heard all season long, Jimmy holiday and some of those type of guys potentially could go on the portal. And then D Beck with D Beck was talking about how much he loves Josh, Josh hype and stuff. Like, D. Beckwith got on the field literally at the end of, what was it, the South Alabama game? Yeah. Whatever it was. There at the end South the Alabama. Year. After every other running back, uh, David Yancey had even come out of retirement and got some <laughs> carries for him. I mean, well, it makes no sense. I mean, like, most of these kids truly want to go somewhere and play. Maybe he's just happy and content. Maybe they've talked to him about a position change in the offseason. They just want to get to that point. I don't know. Um, but – it is to me surprising that more kids haven't gotten in the portal, um, you know, to this point, just because, you know, there are a few kids that did not play that feel like they probably should be playing or, or have a better opportunity to play. 
And to this point, they haven't got in. Now, maybe they've gotten good education from people on that. Maybe they've seen some kids that won the portal and said, you know, grass just isn't greener. I'm going to kind of hang in there and see what happens here. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at some of those players like Eric Gray, Wanye Morris. I mean, if you're talking to players like that, you may rethink about going in the portal because those kids I know have told some players that they made mistakes. They, 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 you know, they did not, you know, play as much as they were told they were going to play at their new school. Grass isn't always greener. So maybe that plays into it. Maybe, you know, kids just talk to each other. And, uh, you know, that's part of the reason that some of these kids have been slow to get in the portal. We'll see what happens. Uh, time, the window for doing anything this at this time of the year is closing quickly uh, That because, you know, you, coaches can be on the road this week to visit with players, including transfer players, but they can't be on the road next week and you can't take a visit. So if you're going to do something in January and be somewhere in January and you want to meet with a coach, you, you better you better get that done in short order because um, the, the window for that is closing. All right, let's talk a little recruiting here. Uh, certainly, we're going to jump into some basketball as well. Uh, Austin, let's start Tennessee with the visit weekend. Uh, that, that took place this past weekend. Felt like some things went pretty well for Tennessee. I don't think any of us were expecting commitment news on Sunday of any real no, you know, major news or anything like that. But it feels like the visit weekend went pretty solid for Tennessee. Let, let's talk a little bit about where you think Tennessee stands with the guys who visited this weekend. Obviously, they got Jordan Thomas in the boat. Uh, but where do they stand otherwise? Well, obviously, you know, you know, also great news with Desmond Williams. Tennessee's, you know, been in a good spot there. Um, you know, for me, like, it comes down to two kids, or really three kids, Caleb Webb. You know, I think Tennessee's in phenomenal shape there. Um, don't think that one will go to signing day. Okay. And then the other two are linemen. It's a line of scrimmage league, Hugs. If you either got to be good at the line of scrimmage, you got to be good at quarterback. And so and if you want to be a great team, you got to be that you got to be good at both, but go ahead. Correct. There you go. But, but <laughs> you can function against sure. middle of the road teams as long as you're good with somebody. Um, you know, Darren Agu, good looking kid hubs, um, six, six, you know, I think he's got a lot of raw ability, a lot of upside to him and uh, could be a player that really helps you. And then quickly helping you would be Jeffrey Emba, the, uh, the kid from France. Uh, little did we know that uh, when Tennessee had a, uh, a t- Tennessee Vols France Twitter handle that it could come into play so much when you think about going from Eve Spons, now Jeffrey Mba. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think if Tennessee can land Agu and Mba, then, you know, that really helps them sooner rather than later. And you have to wonder with Crystal Ball going from Miami to or from Oregon to Miami, how much that helps Tennessee with Jeffrey. Well, you know, he visited uh, Miami officially, right. so maybe that maybe that's. But his mom didn't go to Miami, you know. She does that matter? Does that matter? I mean, she's coming from France for these visits to Tennessee, Missouri, and Oregon. Will he even take the Oregon trip now? You know, well, here's, they're probably not going to have a head coach by the weekend. Right. Here's my question: Does he cancel the Oregon trip and take another trip to Miami where he can take his mom because they've got a new coach, much like Demario Tolan? He can take a second official to Miami if he wants to. Does he punt on the Oregon trip and take a second official to Miami with Chris there, which would help Miami's calls, one would think, a good bit because mom would see that. So I think that's something to keep an eye on uh, because right now the only place mom has seen is Knoxville, Tennessee, and she's seeing Columbia, Missouri, I guess, starting today. 
Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of visit weekend uh, Missouri puts on or midweek visit Missouri puts on compared to what Tennessee did this weekend. I think the bigger – I don't think Missouri is a factor. I think the bigger question is where does he visit this last weekend? Is it Miami? Is it Oregon? How does that play things out there? Um, and, and then obviously uh, a go uh, goes to um, Vanderbilt this weekend. So we'll see what, what happens with that. Is that a loyalty thing versus – the ability to win more. I think that's will be the ultimate final kind of thing that he kind of wastes. I think it's just a loyalty thing with my aunt, with, with Vanderbilt at this point. It, it, how do you say dead deer in French? Because you know, the mom is driving from the airport to, <laughs> to the complex in Missouri and there's a dead deer on the side of the interstate every five feet. Five feet. <laughs> that's true. That's, there's not much, there's not much happening there on that drive. That that's for sure. It, it's pretty quiet. So and then the question war we'll have more visit names coming up later this week, but maybe the biggest name coming in this last weekend, Austin is the big defensive lineman from down in Georgia and in, in, in Tyreek West. Yeah. Tyreek West, um, you know, Josh Heupel, Rodney Garner in to see him um, on Monday. Um, you know, Tennessee's going to have a puncher's chance here, man. I mean, I, I really thought, you know, if, if Tennessee had no shot, he would shut this thing down. I'm going to come up here this weekend, give it a look. And uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Tennessee also going to have the um, the other kid from South Florida that they're recruiting, um, the defensive lineman that Rodney likes a lot. Um, he's going to you know be in uh, maybe late in the weekend. I don't think he's going to have a full weekend because he's got a wrestling tournament. Um, and uh, and then of course Justin Williams. You know Tennessee continues to trend really well there. I've said that for weeks. People can yeah. You know, I mean here's the thing. Auburn has a new offensive coordinator. You know I mean like. Uh, what what can you really pitch to an offensive kid if you have no offensive coordinator? A dream, a hope, a hope and a dream. Yeah, we'll see. And then can Tennessee get Jared Verse in the transfer from Albany? Can they get him in for a visit as well? Another defensive lineman. So lots of things going on, lots of moving parts. We'll continue to drop tidbits, notes, nuggets, whatever you guys want to call them uh, throughout the hours and days on this final week, getting ready for Tennessee's final recruiting weekend and the push to the finish line. While Tennessee's closing out and trying to close out big on the recruiting trail, Rob Lewis, the Tennessee basketball team, is on their uh, week-long vacation. Uh, you get in a plane, you go to Denver, out to Boulder, back to Denver, back to New York, and, and now you're sitting there in the garden getting ready to play after Kennedy, Kennedy Chandler carried a basketball team and put on a show on Saturday. Yeah, he really – I mean, it's going to get redundant to talk about he's he is something special man I mean that was that was as good as I've seen a Tennessee freshman play I mean I guess since Allen Houston a million years ago but uh yeah he he had 13 he was he was 13 to 20 in the game and I think I got the stat right I think Colorado's five starters were 13 to 40 from the floor and um yeah just Really good. And it wasn't a case where, you know, he got hot and had a bunch of three-pointers. I mean, he was just blowing past people and getting to the rim all day long. More impressed by Kennedy Chandler or Tennessee's defense? I'll probably Kennedy just because, you know, it's so fun to talk about. But Tennessee's defense is really good. That's the lowest uh, – I, I do know I have this stat right. That's the lowest scoring game and the lowest shooting percentage Colorado's had at home since 2017, which that's, that's pretty stout. And – um and the defense is impressive because Kennedy's not going for 29 every night. But, you know, as you know, Hubbard, the old saying goes, defense travels. You can, you know, you, you can control your defense with your effort and your execution. 
And I think a big part of that, a really big part of that was having Josiah back on the floor. I think he's a great communicator. Uh, you know, I think when, when he and Fulke are out there, you could virtually switch everything. You got two guys that, that can that can both cover a lot of ground that are long, can get into passing lanes. And, um, again, Kennedy's not going to do that every night, but Tennessee can be a really, really good defensive team. So when you look at this matchup that's taking place to, uh, later today uh, with, with Tennessee and, and Texas Tech, what is this Texas Tech team right now, Rob? Who, who are I mean, they? What are they in this Jimmy B Classic? I, it, to me, I've, I've seen them play a couple times, however, not the whole games. They have so many, so many transfers. I mean, that, that, so I don't really know what they are. They got a new head coach. And, you know, with the turnover that came with that, there's so many guys that, that are still filling each other out. I, mean, I think it's a really good matchup for Tennessee. I watched most of Texas Tech against Providence last week in a game um, that they played on the road. And, um, you know, they, get, they have good guard play. They're really tough on the perimeter. Not, it's not a team with a lot of length that's going to, you know, bother Tennessee that way. They start a couple of six, eight guys in the post. And um, I, I I just like – I like Tennessee's chances in this one. I mean, Texas Tech is really well balanced. They've got five guys that score double figures. Nobody over like 16 points a game. But uh, to me, they're, they're not going to be one of those teams, I don't think, that can just, you know, beat, beat Tennessee up on the boards and give them problems that way because I, I think that's going to be what, what you watch for. With All right. Group. Time for my weekly question. I asked you last week. I asked Rick Barnes last week, where are you in a rotation? He said he had no idea. You didn't. You said, I don't know. They've played again. They're going to play again later this evening. What do you make of is, – is it starting to sort itself out? No, or is not, this going to be uh, post-Christmas before we have any idea? I don't – I mean, Hubbard, I don't know. And I don't I don't like it. And, and you know I'm, I'm a big Rick Barnes fan, but I do not – I don't like the rotation. I don't like the way he's – I think Brandon Huntley Hatfield should be playing more minutes. I think Justin Powell should be playing more minutes. I'm fine with Powell coming off the bench because I think you, you know, when you take some of your score, you know, take Santi out or, you know, some of your better shooters, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, him coming in and getting bench minutes. I just think he needs more. I think he, he, he should always play more than Victor Bailey. Um, I, I love Yurosh. He, he's one of the greatest teammates that, that you could ever have at this stage of the season. Huntley Hatfield is getting all of his minutes for me to try and get get to push the kids' development. I mean, I, I, Rick loves Eurosh because he knows what to do, and you know Hatfield is going to make some boneheaded mistakes. But I, I'm letting that kid play through it right now. I mean, the the ceiling for that guy and what Eurosh is going to be capable of giving you when he's at his best is it's not comparable. Be interesting to see how that one shakes out and how Tennessee can they put it back to back to put it together defensively back to back. Um, that you know, from the, the Colorado game and then obviously the, the game tonight against Texas Tech, we'll have full coverage uh, of that game and, and plenty of things. Rob's thoughts on that, and everything post game with there. As we close out this podcast, I want to circle back around to a bit more of a kind of a national topic. We think the big name coaching searches are done, Miami you know, called their son back home and Mario Cristobal. Um, Brent Venables is at Oklahoma. Um, they go the assistant route. Notre Dame goes the assistant route. We're not sure what Oregon's going to do at, at this point. Lincoln Riley's at USC. Brian Kelly's at LSU. Handicap this thing. Who went, who's the big winner? 
Who's the big winner short term? Maybe who's the big winner long term? Austin, who you got? Who do you who do you look at this group and say that was a great get for them? That's a big win. I'll go with Southern Cal. I mean, the fact that he's already pulled several of those kids that are committed to Oklahoma over to Southern Cal. Um, he's going to be a flashy hire for for kids in Southern Cal. He's an offensive guy. Um, he's a quarterback guy. It, to me, that's a Southern Cal. After that, uh, I would go Crystal Ball in Miami. Um, I just don't think Brian Kelly's going to be a fit. And, and, and we'll see about Brent Venables. I think the combination of Venables and Levy would be pretty good. Um, and, 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 you know, I think the Mannings really like Levy a lot. So I think that you would see Oklahoma become a real factor for Arch Manning if that happens. Rob? I got to go with Riley, too. And I'm, I mean, I'm just going to echo everything AP just said. I, I, I think that's a great fit with South – or excuse me, Southern Cal – is what I meant to say if I didn't. Um, I think Riley fits there. He's an offensive guy. I think that's a, you know, that's a spot where they want all the bells and whistles. I mean, like, think like the Showtime Lakers and, and all that. That's Southern California. And also, I mean, that's – when you think about the most fertile, like, quarterback recruiting ground in the country, think about it. Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State are all starting kids from Southern California at quarterback. That, that's, that wouldn't – that. Southern Cal couldn't get to stay home. Yep. Right? And that's going to stop happening, in my opinion. And I'm with – I'm echoing AP. I, I just don't see Brian Kelly as a fit down there. I mean, if, if he doesn't win big pretty quickly, I think they will eat him alive. Yeah, just, he's got he's to win right out of the gate, Rob. I agree with that. Because if, if he does, everybody will be fine. Winning cures everything. But if he doesn't, then, like, getting made fun of for him having a Southern draw and sounding like Farmer Fran from the Waterboy and all that's going to – Come back to come back to Biden. Yeah, that, I mean he's he's by nature thin skinned so we'll see how he handles. I mean that is a the media doesn't necessarily crucify you down there, but the fan base will, and they're not afraid to tell you exactly how you feel, how they feel to your face or on a phone call on a radio show or, or whatever. They're 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 not bothered by that at all. So how he handles that, I think, is is uh, a storyline certainly to watch in year number one. I know that a lot of people were a little bit taken back that he, the first guy he let go was Tommy Moffitt, who had been there for nearly 20 years, had survived every coaching search there. And that's one of the first moves that he made. I think, and maybe I'm wrong here. I think for Tennessee, Crystal Ball to my, and that's not the question I asked you guys, but I'm sitting here thinking about it. Crystal Ball to Miami might help Tennessee more than any other coaching move that's out there because of his recruiting ability to keep some of the big name South Florida kids home. You know, when you go look at the guys he's recruited when he was at other places, linemen to Alabama, receivers to Alabama, things like that, he will have an effect on Florida recruiting with Billy Napier. We didn't even talk about Billy Napier and where he factors into all of that. He's bringing an army with him, by the way, to Gainesville, if you haven't heard. Um, but, but Mario Cristobal's ability, Rob, to keep the really good players in South Florida and to keep them away potentially from some SEC schools, if he can do that, is not a bad thing for Tennessee when you look at the landscape. Yeah, I completely agree. I just wonder, though, I mean, do you think they can ever get back? To, I, don't know to whether get, I don't know whether they're getting the money to do this, and I don't know who's running the show down uh, there. You don't have an AD down there. I, re I read something about it, that there are a couple of billionaire boosters who are just sick, sick of mediocrity, and they have, like, they have ponied up, allegedly. We'll see. I mean, to, to get there, they got to pony up some facilities things as well. I mean, there's a lot to get done 
uh, at, at Miami. What, what do you guys make of the Napier hire after the press conference? And I know you don't win the press conference. That's not what it's about, Austin. But what's your takeaway from, from, Na- from Billy Napier out of the gate there, particularly with the, you know, the army of people that he's talking about hiring and all this other stuff? What, what was your takeaway from kind of his first public appearance as the Florida head coach? Trying to, trying to, trying to sound impressive, trying to sound affirmative, strong. Um, and, 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 you know, did he get out over his skis a little bit too much? I don't know. We'll see. You know, I think it depends on what his staff looks like you know, over the next couple of weeks. And press conferences at the end of the day don't matter, right? I mean, that's the bottom we line. We all know that as much yeah. as much as any member in the country. <laughs> that's I right. Mean, I can't – I, I end up doing the Pruitt instead of the Dooley. <laughs> I mean, why do we keep asking questions about the Miami Dolphins? I was only there one year. Well, but, you know, yet everybody was all fired up because he talked Southern, you know. And, and the previous yeah. hire, Lane Kiffin, everybody was fired up because he called out Florida. Right. And then the next one you hire is, you know, Butch Jones, he'd been successful and he dropped some, some sayings in his press conference. And then the next one was, he's just a football coach, you know? And so all those things that at the end of the day, doesn't really matter. We're going to get out in the streets with the SEC. Yeah. He got, I will just let it, we'll just let it go with that. We'll see how Tennessee can get out there. He did. He did say that for sure. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what Tennessee can do on the streets in the SEC to close out this recruiting class here this final week as Tennessee has coaches scattered throughout the country. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Obviously, plenty of basketball coverage. We'll continue to follow that. And uh, Tennessee will hit the practice field on Saturday for a bowl practice. Josh Heupel will meet the media at that point. And then you never know as assistant coaching moves take place. Well, what may or may not happen out there in, in that, in that ever-changing world as well, as well. There'll be a lot of coaching moves on the assistant front uh, after signing day that'll take place in the month of January. So there's still a lot more coaching movement to take place for sure. But that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics podcast. And we thank them for their sponsorship. For Rob Lewis and Ralston Price, and Brett Hubs. thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.